I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. On this episode, we are celebrating a classic comic strip, the Peanuts comic strip. Yes, by Charles Schultz. Yeah, it started October 2nd of what year again? October 2nd, 1950. Just talking about this, the history of this wildly popular and really beloved comic strip that I think a lot of us are familiar from days of reading comic strips in the newspaper. Yeah. But before we get into that, let's do last week trivia's question. The question was, who were originally going to be the villains of Beauty and the Beast before Gaston was cast as the villain? Those were um, sisters, which was more accurate to the original story. The source material of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, because the original source material, the princess has two evil sisters, but Disney changed their version to make it be someone else. Yeah, so they cast Gaston instead as the central villain. Originally, it was going to be the two sisters of Belle. From the original 1988 screenplay before they changed it. And they wanted to kill the beast also like Gaston. Okay, so that was the answer to last week. Last week's trivia question. Stick around to the end of this episode to get the next one. For now, let's do a word of the day. It's time for word of the day. New words you can say. New words for your rhymes and for your wordplay. By the time you leave this video, you'll be smarter than you was before. It's time for word of the day. So usually for word of the day, we do a technical term, something that has to deal with movies or animation or what have you. This time we're going to do something a little more fun with it that's related to one of the characters we'll be talking about. And so the word is security blanket. Yeah, that's right. Security blanket. The origin aided in uh, Peanuts with the Linus character, um, like something that people hold, mainly children like toddlers or little kids hold that carry along with them and they and it's precious and important to them. Right. And despite the name security blanket, it doesn't necessarily actually have to be a blanket. It could be a stuffed toy or a toy of some sort or some other object. Yes, yes. For instance, when I was a little kid, which I carried along with me, toy plastic crocodiles and alligators. <laughs> yeah. Um, for a little while, I had this stuffed cow that I had won at one of those like claw games and like you mean like crane games and arcades yeah exactly and and I would carry that with me everywhere so that was my security blanket when I was a kid or like some little kids have security blankets as teddy bears or whatever exactly but Linus in peanuts it is in fact a blanket that he carries around with himself Yes, literally, I, I know. Well, on that note, why don't we get started with our feature presentation then? So like you said, Ezra, the first Peanuts comic strip that made its appearance was in October 2nd, 1950. So a little more than 70 years ago now. Yeah, it's, it's just fascinating to read about the history of Charles Schultz and of this this comic strip that he made. But perhaps before we get into all that, maybe you can tell for people who may not know or may not remember, what is Peanuts? 
a comic strip from newspapers about a little boy named Charlie Brown. And he's kind of unlucky and misfortunate, and he's also an outcast. And he has a dog who's named Snoopy. Who is a beagle? Yes, even though he doesn't look like a real beagle, though, for some reason. Well, the reason why, I think, is because uh, Charles Schultz had a dog from childhood. Uh, I can't remember the breed of the dog, but it wasn't a beagle. But if you actually compare Snoopy to pictures of this childhood dog, they bear resemblance to each other. So I think that's part of why he doesn't actually look like a beagle. He's he's based off a different type of breed. Interesting, yes. And many people wonder, why is the comic strip called Peanuts, like the food? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know why? Because peanut is a term some people use for little people. And I guess one particular feature that makes these comic strips unique is that you never actually see the adults in them. It's just the kids. I know the adults' faces are never visibly shown. Yeah, and they they, they I mean adults do exist in the comic strips, but they are always off screen, so to speak. Like going wah, wah, wah. <laughs> right. You're you're talking about like the movie adaptations that or the TV specials and TV shows and films. Yeah, where the, the adults, <laughs> you can't actually understand them, and they're always speaking or off screen. mainly the teacher. Yeah. The adults are there, and, and Charlie Brown does mention, like, we know his parents have jobs and, and that sort of thing, but they never actually appear physically in the comic strips. I know. Now, let, why don't we go talk about the history of, of this cartoon? Sure. Peanuts started in the in the early 1950s. With the early Peanuts comics, it looked very different. The characters looked very different from what they look like today. Yeah, and and I think we should mention that before this, um, Schultz had been working on a comic strip called Lil Folks for about three years before he started working on Peanuts and. Little Folks was a bit different. It was only one panel versus the standard four panel strips that Peanuts came to be. But he was trying to get Little Folks syndicated through an agency. And he actually he showed them one of his drafts of a Peanuts strip. And they actually preferred that to his Little Folks strips. And that's kind of where things really took off for him. You know, he worked on a couple of things here and there after that, but he mostly focused on Peanuts because Peanuts really just became so wildly popular. He didn't need to work on anything else. And in Little Folks, there was Sparky, who was a prototype of Snoopy. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of characters that you could see in Little Folks. There's a character, one character that I think looked like Charlie Brown was named Charlie Brown. But the, he actually used the name Charlie Brown for a few different characters. And I think a fun fact that I learned is that you would think Charlie Brown is based off of Charles Schultz, which is partly true, but he's actually named after a friend that Schultz knew at art school. So it's it's not named after himself, even though a lot of Charlie Brown's characteristics are reminiscent of characteristics that Schultz embodied. But yeah, so like, tell us about, like, how did the, the comic change over time? Like, in the early years, it introduced the other characters, like some of the early characters who aren't as well-known as some of the others, such as Patty and Violet. 
or when it introduced Lucy Van Pelt when she was first introduced, even as a baby, she acted tormented and, and kind of violent. Yeah, yeah, she's kind of, there's not like a main antagonist really in these comic strips, but if there was one, it definitely would be Lucy. And I think the famous scene of their antagonism is one where Lucy is holding the football, telling Charlie Brown to go kick it. And or she's acting the, hostile. Right. And then at the last second, she, as Charlie Brown tries to go kick it, she lifts the football and he flies through the air and trips and falls. And, you know, it's it's a laugh at his expense. Yeah. That became a recurring joke because eventually Charlie Brown would know better, but he'd still try anyway. I know. And like she was known for being a bully and also being kind of demanding and rude and unkind at first. But her character actually changed. Yes, and later she became a lot nicer and kinder and not too tormentive or violent. Yeah, it, it's interesting that um, as the series progressed, because something interesting, I think, about about Peanuts is that even though it is fun and lighthearted, it doesn't sugarcoat childhood, you know? These are characters like Charlie Brown... <laughs> is kind of a miserable character. He's kind of an Eeyore type character. Like from Winnie the Pooh, I get it. Yeah, and he's always dealing with some obstacle or conflict or something that gets in the way. And it sort of takes kids seriously, mm -hmm. which I think there there is a tendency to see in comic strips that they would be very well-meaning, but certainly patronizing to kids of like what it means to be a kid what a kid is capable of handling or understanding. And I think that something that was very important for Schultz is to show that like, no kids are complex, thoughtful people and they're, mm -hmm. they're capable of really tackling a lot of complex issues in really complex ways. Yeah, I get it. I know that who wasn't, who was also introduced was Linus, Lucy's younger brother. When he was first introduced, Lucy that early comic strip would would also be considered abusive and tormentive and unkind from the earlier comic strips and kind of a bully. Yeah, that's true. She would bully basically everybody in not just in in words, but also in violent ways. <laughs> yeah, I know that um, as the comic strip evolved, some later characters were introduced, such as Sally, Charlie Brown's sister. Well, she was first born and mentioned in 1959, but as official physical debut later that year. Schultz would consi consistently add to his cast of characters and build them up and have them interact in interesting ways. But one plot line that I remember fondly is the <laughs> Snoopy's rivalry with the Red Baron. And his alter ego, Flying Ace. Can you tell us a little bit about that plot line? Where he wears goggles and a scarf and uses his doghouse as a plane. And he go fights against his sworn enemy, that evil and ruthless rude Red Baron. Yeah, and these like imaginary dog fights. There, was, there wasn't actually any Red Baron. It wasn't even an actual character he was based off. It was just all in Snoopy's imagination. But what was fun is that like, despite the Red Baron being a completely imaginary character... That didn't make the rivalry any less serious for Snoopy. I know. What are what are some other uh, popular plot lines from 
This well, series. the other characters, the, there's also Woodstock, the little yellow bird. Right, who is Snoopy's friend. Yeah, there are other yellow birds, too, who apparently are Woodstock's family. And there's also Snoopy's other family, like there's his cousin Spike. And um, there's also Belle. And there's Olaf, who's a chubby beagle. <laughs> and also Andy, as I remember. Besides those, there are the other main primary characters who are Charlie Brown's friends. Peppermint, Patty, and Marcy. Marcy constantly calls Patty Sir, even though she's a girl. She's also a, a tomboy. Who, Marcy or, or Peppermint Patty? Peppermint Patty's a tomboy. And she calls Charlie Brown Chuck as his nickname. There's also um, Franklin, who was first introduced in 1968. One of the other lesser known secondary characters, one of the early characters, is Frida, who has hair that she calls naturally curly hair. Like, one of her known appearances is when she holds a cat and asks if Lucy would take hold, but she wouldn't, but, or if Linus would, but he wouldn't either, but if Charlie Brown would, but he wouldn't. But, but then he does it for Snoopy, and Snoopy just can't stand it. <laughs> uh-huh. Besides the comic strip and how it's evolved over decades, there has been a TV special, several TV specials. The first was A Charlie Brown Christmas, released in 1965. And this one, Charlie Brown learns the true meaning of Christmas. And it introduced the iconic Peanuts theme song. Yeah, and it was the it was very successful, very popular, um, and it and it spurred the creation of a lot more other specials. Well, a couple years later was it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, which was a Halloween special, and it had Linus Charlie Brown's best friend with his sister Sally um, looking out for the Great Pumpkin while Charlie Brown and the rest go out trick or treating. So they just hung out in a pumpkin patch waiting for the the Great Pumpkin to show up. But it turned out. It didn't show up. It was all imaginary and made up. It wasn't real. Yeah. And um, the one thing I remember probably most is all the like dances. The dances from these specials are kind of iconic where they very um, exaggerated moves, very repetitive. When you see it, you'll recognize it instantly of like it's just one of those iconic animations from these specials. And like the next holiday special after that was released several years later was a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, where Charlie Brown and his friends get ready for Thanksgiving, and it just turns out to be a Thanksgiving meal that isn't your average typical one. Yeah. So a lot of fall and winter holidays. Did they do any... They did, like, that one for Valentine's Day and also one for Easter, and called it the Easter Beagle Charlie Brown, Easter Beagle instead of Easter Bunny, where it mainly focused on Peppermint Patty and Marcy, and Marcy makes egg soup, which Patty... Um, berates her for doing. It's actually pretty funny, I remember. And there was also Happy New Year, Charlie Brown, which was a New Year's special. Yeah, so I mean, I imagine you watched these as a kid. I mean, what do you remember? Like, what were some of the funny moments that you remembered from these uh, specials? Like the little Christmas tree Charlie Brown finds? Yeah. Uh-huh. Or when Snoopy kisses Lucy and she says, ah, I've been kissed by a dog! Get high water! <laughs> That's a good one. You know, like I said, these were 
the comic strips were lighthearted. The specials were lighthearted. There's a movie. We've talked about the movie before. Yes. Um, Schroeder, I know who I forgot to mention, likes playing the piano and his idol in Beethoven. But there's one thing he can't stand. Lucy's affection on him. Oh, you're right. I totally forgot. Yeah. Of all the characters, Lucy seems to have a crush on on him. And <laughs> he's, he has no interest in her. Yeah. He just wants to play his piano, but she constantly keeps distracting him. Similar to how Sally has a crush on Linus and calls him her sweet baboo. But Linus says, I'm not your sweet baboo. <laughs> One fun thing I want to mention about that. So these, the comic strips, Schultz worked basically his entire life. Once he started in 1950, he never stopped working on them. There, It's crazy to think about, but the only time he took off was he took like a five-week vacation. I can't remember when exactly. The only vacation he ever took off from making comic strips uh, for Peanuts Otherwise, he worked every single week to make comic strips. Even to his dying day, he kept working on them. And in fact, the last original Peanut strip was published posthumously. Interesting, yeah. In 2000. He surmised that that was going to happen. And just to show what an influence his strip was just on the world of comics. I remember that day because every comic strip of everything was made an homage to to charles schultz they would feature characters from peanuts in their own strips and as their way of saying saying thank you and goodbye to someone who was a legend in that world i know interesting also i'm saying it unique how it only focuses on perspective of children and not grown-ups and other things, too, like another running gag is the little red haired girl that Charlie Brown yes. always attempts to have to get get returned from. Yeah, he's always pining for her and and his affections are never reciprocated by her. You never see her face either. She um, she's imaginary and just unseen. Yeah, kind of like that. And I think you're right. That perspective of only showing children, I think. That really spoke to a lot of people who felt this was a comic strip for children that really understood children. I know, I know. Uh, besides that, there's been a musical for Broadway called You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which first debuted in 1967. And it had some good, fun songs, and it was a good musical featuring those characters. And it was adapted into a TV special in 1987. Actually, in 1985, I remember. And then the, some films. The first Peanuts film was A Boy Named Charlie Brown, where Charlie Brown goes off to New, goes off to the big city in New York, I remember. And then there was Snoopy Come Home, where Snoopy runs away, and Charlie Brown is sad and heartbroken because Snoopy is, is missing. And then Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. And then a few years later, the fourth and final feature film at that time, Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, and in parentheses, and don't come back. <laughs> uh -huh. That was the last one until five years ago when they did the Peanuts movie. Yeah, which we talked about in a previous episode. All right. Well, any last thoughts about what makes this this comic strip so special as? Well, special. It's fun. It's creative. It's also funny and amusing. 
and these iconic cartoon characters we all know have taken the world by storm. There's a reason it's a classic, and uh, this October we're celebrating 70 years of Peanuts, and here's to many more. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. If you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animation and beyond. In the meantime, let's get a trivia question from Ezra. What famous music duo did the music for the film Snoopy Come Home? Which was the second Peanuts film. Yeah. Okay, so if you know the answer, give us a shout on Facebook or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! See you later.